All right, it says we're live. Yeah. Let me see if anybody's LinkedIn yet. Okay. No viewers yet, but that's all good. All right. So you are listening to the Data Is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data. Uh, today, we have a special guest I will introduce shortly. But first, I just want to announced that this is the first live Data is My Science podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, let's get right to it. All right. So in the past, I've talked a lot about, uh, did some one-on-ones. I've, I've interviewed some people in the past. I've done some educational interviews as well. Um, talked about how data science has really been um, something where you have, um, excuse me, there we go. Let me save changes. Yeah, I talked about how data science has really been something where uh, a lot of people have um, data science uh, data in their industry. So a lot of times you are in an industry that you don't even know, right? So you have your pharmacy industry. I had somebody come on there, Dr. Uh, Atui. I had a couple other people come on, somebody that's the owner of a restaurant, talk about how data is really inside of everywhere. Um, uh, and then I also brought on some people to interview that were specialists in things like programming. Uh, so I had some programmers come on, uh, also DevOps, where we talked about application and being able to move applications from one place to another. Uh, but now I thought about it. I said, Hey, well, I bring all these people on, but I've never really brought on anybody that has been in the field of data science and that is an expert in it. And so, uh, I reached out to this person because this is somebody that I really respect, um, is highly represented in the data science industry, um, is well known in the industry. And so I wanted to uh, bring this person on live. I thought this would be the perfect time to bring on somebody live in the industry. Uh, so without further interruption, I just want to bring on Dr. Pragyan. Say hi, Dr. Pragyan. Hi, hello everyone. Good morning, uh, good afternoon, evening. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Pragna, aka Dr. P, I call her Dr. P. I don't know if anybody else can call her Dr. P, but I call her that uh, mainly because um, I am I am uh, 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 I am a great data scientist, right? You know, <laughs> so you have to you have to be a good data scientist in order to uh, be called uh, in order to call Dr. P, Dr. P. Um, but but anyway, so thank you for joining, Dr. P. Uh, just a little bit of uh, background about uh, Dr. P. Um, I've known I've known Dr. P for about two years, roughly two years now. We were talking about it. Um, she she came on to the uh, same company that uh, so we actually are coworkers. Um, she came on to the same company that that uh, that that we're both on now uh, about two years ago, roughly about two years ago. I think you said like October timeframe of 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So roughly about two years ago. Um, and when she when she uh, came on to the company, um, I was super excited, mainly because I just started getting into data science. Uh, my background was mainly dealing with data, but more on the storage aspect of things. Um, but I really wanted to get in data science and being able to do analytics on it and finding those good, unique patterns and all that good stuff. Um, but when she came in, I learned so much about uh, data science from her. Uh, she actually gave me a book dealing with the chaos theory. And, uh, and she really, uh, I guess, took me under her wing, if you will. And, and, and uh, every question I have in regards to data science, I pretty much ping Dr. P 
uh, whether it's in the morning time or in the evening, you know, she might not respond immediately, <laughs> but she's going to get back to me, you know, uh, and I, and I know she's really uh, helpful from that aspect. So, um, yeah. So, so Dr. P, you know, thank you for coming on again. Um, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, um, where you currently work at. Sure. Thank you, Bobby. It's like, Thanks for that wonderful introduction. It uh, really covers like how we have known each other over the past two years, almost two wow. years. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey and um, like overall journey as well as the past two years. So as you mentioned, I presently work with Hitachi Vantara Federal as a mm -hmm. chief data scientist. Uh, it helps me uh, uh, work with multiple federal government agencies on their uh, specific data problems um, and gives me a lot of exposure to the industry as well. Uh, gives me a chance to work with other data products and figure out uh, how do we orchestrate all these cool data products uh, addressing very different uh, perspectives of the data science space. Um, and it, I think that's like uh, what I most enjoy doing that orchestration, mm -hmm. doing that uh, uh, figuring out uh, the puzzle of uh, the right, data right. science solution. Um, yeah, it's, it's been yeah. A so, so that's you know that that's great, right? And uh, you know, I don't want you to be shy, right? And talk about you know you you actually have a forum where you host yes. uh, data scientists, you know, in Virginia area, right? Uh, for yes. you know, it, it could be up to about what five hundred people or so mm -hmm. that you do yes. monthly. So yes. you do that. Uh, and, I, and I've also um, heard you speak. You've done a lot of speaking engagements. You just done yes. uh, one recently. Been on a panel um, where you where you talked about data analytics and virtual summits, uh, things like that. And you also have a a course as well that you that you yes. uh, have right. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as the 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 uh, the form, you know, talk a little bit about that. What does that what does that uh, really entail? Sure. So this is something. Uh, uh, it's it's part of the Meetup platform, and uh, mm -hmm. there's the Data Science Community DC, uh, which is the umbrella organization. There are a couple of meetups which come under it. So I run the meetup, which is uh, very specific to the Northern Virginia area, uh, just because we try to limit the location to be within Northern Virginia, but that doesn't restrict the attendees from coming from all over the DC metro area. Uh, mm -hmm. And now in the new COVID world, since the meetups will be virtual, um, mm. It's like it's like anybody. Uh, if we have a virtual platform, anybody can join that. So we have about uh, two thousand plus members. Oh um, my goodness! As, as part <laughs> of the meetup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but you're right because uh, anytime we have an event, it's not like all two thousand of them show up. Right. Um, it'll be somewhere ranging from depending on the time and uh, the climate of the day. If it's raining, then lesser people show up. But we have right. this yeah. monthly event. Uh, where we try to cover a data science course or we have invited speakers, um, just like how you are organizing this, where you're getting um, industry practitioners to come and talk about uh, how data science is helping them. Uh, my meetup is focused on deep learning. And mm -hmm. uh, so it, it started off as a data science meetup. Then we thought... Uh -huh. Uh, that we should make it a little bit more uh, specific because data science was being so generic. Um, right. So 
it's focused on deep learning. We have covered a couple of courses so far um, where together we co-work, uh, everybody studies the chapters, comes together and then uh, works through them together, um, give presentations. So it helps grow the presentation mm -hmm. skills of the members as well. Some of them don't yeah. like me for that because it's like, uh, <laughs> then I'm like, yeah. well, it's, yeah, a smaller group. Out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a smaller group. It's much more better. You hear your feedback here than here in a bigger group. Yeah. And uh, and I think I learned that way. So I definitely encourage others to also like just put yourself out there. Uh, it's yeah. never comfortable. <laughs> it's never, never. You yeah. have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Yes, that's the, exactly. That's the key. Exactly. Yeah. You have yeah. to have the growing pains. Um, right, right. So that's and speaking, of, speaking of growing pains, right? I mean, this is um, so when we talk about uh, the uh, data scientists, right? You have a lot of people that are well respected in the industry. And they and and even myself, right? When I go on different social media platforms, when I go on, um, uh, when I look at different websites, you know, when I'm just searching on Google and I search data scientists, I always see the end result of the data scientists, right? But nobody talks about those growing pains, right, or the journey yeah. it takes to get there, which is important because yeah. um, because even me starting out, right? I've been doing this for two years. Uh, it's been times where I said, you know what, I can't take this, man. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get to somebody like Dr. P, right, or or somebody somewhere, you know, like uh, uh, somebody else in the data science industry. Um, and 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 you know, it just seems like it gets more difficult and more difficult. And me, even going through my doctor right now, is theory. But when you start mixing practice in there, and you're trying to really have those, uh, those when you're trying to grow and you're trying to really get more experience in it, you know, it gets difficult. Right. So, you know, talk about, you know, what what made you get into something like data science initially, okay. you know, and, and your journey to get to where you are now? Sure. Yeah. So for me, actually, um, it started when it was not even called data science. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so data science is a relatively newer term than when I started on this journey. Uh, mm -hmm. This was way back in 2003 when I was uh, figuring out what what do I want to pursue as my PhD? My bachelor's was in computer science. So I was okay. like, but I want something which is more uh, application oriented. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was, and it should be related to computer science. Then I was like, uh, um, so George Mason has this program on computational informatics. That really appealed to me. Um, and so I started on that. And back then, they used to be, data mining was the term which was more prevalent. Data oh, mining, okay. knowledge mining. Um, oh, I never heard term. of knowledge mining. I heard of data mining. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, that is where my journey started. Uh, it was very interesting to do all these very uh, statistics-oriented courses, uh, but having mm. the computational aspect to it, and then learning about how uh, this computational informatics has wide appeal in all these various domains, which one wouldn't think otherwise. Like as a normal way, we wouldn't think of it. But then there was computational finance, computational statistics, computational mm -hmm. uh, neuroscience, um, computational astrophysics. There was mm -hmm. all these various things, which is like, okay. Uh, so there's so much more which we can do with computer right. science than just looking at algorithms. So the real application of those algorithms and um, mm -hmm power of the computation um, that is where my journey began and it has been um, it's it's been a lot of learning a lot of right. uh, uh, doing hands-on stuff 
I think uh, the learning has been primarily driven by hands-on stuff. Um, it's not just right. about reading stuff, uh, doing hands-on stuff, working with other people, and um, being able to uh, understand a given domain and then um, uh, tie it together to how computational sciences, data sciences will be applicable to it. Right, I think right. that's where it's like a very... Um, um, the way I think of it is data science is an art where uh, oh. <laughs> no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And, and, and like you were saying, you know, it, it just takes um, it it takes a lot of uh, practice. Right. You know, and that's something that I'm realizing because uh, and, and I'm sure a lot of people out there that are data scientists or people that uh, that are trying to get into this field or interested and in, even people that uh, that maybe not want to be in a data scientist. Right. But they may just want to understand how to play around with the data they currently have in their business a little bit. You know, yeah. it still takes practice. And yes. uh, a lot of people uh, forget that because even myself, I go in, you know, when you're going through your doctor, doctoral program or even uh, just just playing around with the data in general. You know, you read a lot of things and it's all great, you know, but actually uh, applying some of the methods to turn your data into something that's value valuable um is is something that uh that is very key so that's that whole i always talk about it mixing theory with practice you know mm -hmm. yeah. um, that i think that differentiates a lot of people uh not in just data science uh but yeah. but in in careers in general uh mm -hmm. just being able to say well i read a lot but now let me apply this to uh to to real life scenarios you know yes. and so you probably have throughout that time, you know, you, you didn't just read it, right? Like you said, you, you did a lot of practice, you know, yes. um, was there, um, is that, that's, is that pretty much how you become an expert in data science? Would you say? I would say that I would say it's your hands-on experience and being able to be open. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, data science is also a field where you have to be willing to work with others, um, being the other minded, um, mm -hmm. being able to listen and accept. And uh, uh, I think we have had this discussion as well, like one has to be a uh, critical thinker, right? right Where right. Uh, you are uh, not just sticking to your ground and the things you know, but willing to be also uh, understand where, um, if you're working with a particular domain expert from for a specific problem, you should be able to you don't have to become that domain expert in order to solve their problem, but hear wh where their concerns are and being able to uh, tie it back together to data science and come up with these tools and or orchestrate these tools and figure out what best serves their purpose, what makes the data uh, more clear, um, Mm -hmm. And you're able to paint a picture, a better picture than what is currently available, in, maybe in the form of some uh, a couple of spreadsheets, and uh, which is very right. difficult to understand. <laughs> so, well, how are you painting your picture from the data sets that you have? Uh, right, or I love right. cooking. So, what is the ultimate food that you're coming up with from all these ingredients that you have? I think right, that's right. very, very crucial. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, and that, uh, and that's that that that's that's all part of the process, right? Um, and when you go into a customer site, right? And I'm sure a lot of people out here want to know, uh, people who own their own business, um, because that's, I, I, I usually uh, talk about how uh, data impacts uh, any business out there, right? And I think I just did an article, well, I did do, I just uh, did an article that, that talked about how data is the, the necessity um, and everything else around it is just perks now. 
And so I look at uh, every small business, every large business, doesn't matter what, what it is. You know, if you want to grow from uh, from from a startup or if you just want to grow your business in general, you know, if you have a great business going on now and you want to make it even better, um, I, I, I talk about how you need to analyze your data. Um, but that doesn't mean you do it on your own. You can bring in a data scientist uh, to do it. Um, and I know you've dealt with a lot of customers over time, even with Hitachi now. Um, and, and so could you talk a little bit about how that that process goes, right? When you when you go into a customer site, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, hey, I want a data scientist to come help me with all this data I have, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, what What's the process to get from beginning to end uh, that you typically uh, deal with, right? Because I know every data scientist does it differently, but you get problems, you got questions, you got insights, you got, I don't even know where to start with some of these things, right? Now, if they brought me in to a customer site, um, you know, I have my maybe process, a list of things that we've talked about some things before, uh, but what's your thoughts uh, getting from beginning to end um, on a process? Sure. Um, that's a very good question, a very important question, because um, uh, as we know, like there have been number of data science projects which have failed and uh, there are various reasons why they fail. Um, <laughs> let's just move on yeah. to uh, the successful projects. And uh, I think the ones which uh, have always been a success are the ones and the ones that um, I have been associated with the first thing that I try to do is uh, understand what is the ultimate goal of what they're trying to do. Um, Is it just trying to get value from their uh, existing data assets? If Mm -hmm. that is the purpose, let's find one specific problem which will make Mm -hmm. their day-to-day life easier. Uh, right. If they haven't already thought of that specific problem, I help them come up with that problem. And uh, uh, this is something that we had learned in our um, uh, in a course uh, that we had, had done at George Mason called Scientific Databases. And mm-hmm. the first step was that identify five questions that you want to answer and then start working on it. So similarly, mm-hmm. I will in any project that I get associated with, I'll, first thing I'll say is um, let's stick five is not a holy number, but if you want to start off, let's do at least or close to five questions that you want answered by the end of this effort. And depending on the time frame you are going to allocate for this, accordingly, those five questions have to be defined. You you can't uh, um, solve world peace in two months project, for example. Right, right, right. So uh, you have a six months project. Accordingly, the complexity will increase of the questions you're Mm -hmm. trying to answer. And then trying to understand the uh, specific needs from Mm -hmm. these questions and then tying it together to the tools that I have in hand, uh, the data sets that I have in hand, understanding those data sets because with every project and every different government agency you work with, their missions and their goals are different. The types of data um, types, that they work with is very different. Some may be totally all Excel spreadsheets, which are likely um, relational tables of just mm-hmm. set of numbers. So 
those are um, always much more easier to tackle with as we all know always yeah yeah that's <laughs> all I, that's my go to when i'm trying to put down a data set i want to make sure it's excel spreadsheet right now <laughs> yes you get part of your life back right when you yeah. see it <laughs> you see yeah. all these relational tables but then that's not always the case there will be cases where you will see them looking at log files looking at uh, mm. uh, certain documentation that they have and they're trying to tie them together and get a good understanding so there's a lot of unstructured data is what we call them right right um, right these audio video so how do we tie them together with what you're trying to do um you you've got these text and you're trying to do uh, topic modeling or you're trying to do sentiment analysis uh, tied mm-hmm. to the social media uh, the social media is oh, one yeah. of the big sources of data um mm-hmm. so uh, and then um like because when, uh, so so just uh sorry to cut you off but the, but oh, when we oh, talk yeah. about the the social media aspect you know a lot of times a lot of companies uh, a lot of businesses uh, wh- whatever the size of your business they're not collect they have well one right you talked about uh trying to help them understand the questions right because a lot of them don't even know what yeah. questions they have right they don't know their problems they're having they just know they have this ridiculous my data i mean you see it in the government all the time they have yeah. a ridiculous amount of data and uh they're like hey i don't know what to do with this let me just yes. you tell me what to do with it you, saw you know it. So that, <laughs> yeah exactly. and that and that right there alone is probably a long process right because you want yes. them to start thinking and and thinking outside the box and the thing is you i mean if you maybe if you have that industry maybe it was financial industry or if it was uh whatever specific health industry or something maybe you can help them out specifically mm-hmm. to say well this is the data you probably or these are questions you probably care about but if you're a data scientist coming in as a generalist of a data scientist you know um it's harder probably to help them uh formulate those questions right because uh, a lot of times that's their industry they know what problems they have you know but you got to get them to kind of uh to to kind of uh, uh figure that out you know or you kind of help them along the way but that yes. that alone right there as you're talking about the process that alone could could probably take I don't know weeks, you know, or maybe months, you know, just to just to do that, right? And then yeah. when you talk about social media, uh that's interesting because that's something a lot of customers are not even looking at. Yes. So you got to help them connect, right, to that too. Right. <laughs> uh but uh, you know like as you said they they don't know the questions, but then they when you start poking them and probing them as to what 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 is your uh, what most bothers you at the moment from that you start getting the questions actually or uh, what is it in your day to day operations where um, what type of information will be most useful to you um, and and okay start enumerating me what type of data you are collecting at the moment and sometimes mm-hmm. the term data can be uh, um can get them confused as well where they are like uh, i don't know i don't have any data then you are like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. let's start let's work it together so there's a lot of uh, co-working you have to do uh, to help them in the right direction uh, as right. a data scientist um they sometimes they usually have what you need uh, mm-hmm. it's just that they're not aware of it they're not right, thinking, right. Um, actively about it and like as mm-hmm. you said like social media that is something where every business is 
present right now, but they're not mm -hmm. thinking of it as a data. They're not thinking right. of it as something that they would want to use it to even grow further their business. That perspective is definitely changing, but then being able to tie it to their day-to-day -day operations and helping them uh, drive their numbers, um, there's a lot that can be done and that, and that's where I think a data scientist can be uh, helpful. And uh, you were, the earlier question you're asking as a data scientist, when I'm working with these agencies, what do we do? Is one critical aspect is also uh, being able to find data, which is they're not thinking of at the moment, mm -hmm, but which could mm -hmm. potentially help them. All these third right. third party um, data, if I, if that's uh, a term, I Sort of thinking outside the box, right? You know, they may, they may even have their own questions already. They may have problems they have, but as you go through that process, you probably uh, find out uh, more, you have more questions that you end up finding out, you have more problems that you end up finding out. Um, so that's the additional, those are the key insights, those are the, that's the additional uh, data, That's that comes from probably the data analysis uh, standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and and at what point, I mean, so you you go through this process, you frame the problem, you, 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 you discuss different problems that they may have, problems they don't know, you figure out data they're currently ingesting, and you figure out what more, what other data they can probably bring in, right? Uh, and then you begin to explore this data and then do some deep analysis of it, um, all the cool stuff, right, after that. And then you start coming up with all these cool results. And then you gotta communicate those results back to the customer. Um, do you find, uh, and then I guess turn it into value and being able to do some type of visualization at the end to show them all this cool stuff. Do you find um, that process in general taking a long time? Um, it depends. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, typically for visualization, I think that's uh, that's very powerful because uh, it makes you communicate much more faster than writing up a five-page document. So if there's something you can uh, right. share with somebody as a quick visualization, as an infographic, uh, there's nothing like that. And definitely mm -hmm. that's the first thing I try to look at so that uh, establish a um, standard of communication there so that we mm -hmm. are looking at those. And uh, those visualizations don't necessarily be limited to the outcome of the data analysis you are doing. It also can be an iterative process. As you're working through the data and you are uh, um, and developing a solution, you can even show that as a trend and show that, hey, this is the improvement we are seeing in the, as you are doing more uh, data science, if you're solving this problem, do you see the side effect? Um, so those type of things also one should want to uh, cover as part of the visualization uh, uh, components of the solution, mm -hmm. um, but also being able to um, do certain amount of um, design thinking where you oh. are uh, working uh, with them to understand uh, the, the specific questions and uh, how to best uh, uh, be able to share that information. Uh, mm -hmm. with yeah, the, there's different ways to do knowledge sharing of it, right? I mean, yes. yeah. that's all part of the I think data management process as well, uh, being able to knowledge share because a lot of people may not see, uh, I may understand stuff just looking at a, a, a data set that is maybe in Excel, um, but then somebody else may say sort of the C-level folks, right? A lot of the C-level yeah. people, they say, well, hey, um, so the CEOs, CTOs, they, they wanna know how can it impact the business? Mm -hmm. So they may say, well, 
I, I understand charts and graphs. I need pretty charts and graphs. You know, I don't need all that, uh, all those numbers and things like that. Um, they may also say, well, uh, or then you may have somebody else that, that just wants um, uh, another way of knowledge sharing. So that's a great point, you know, yeah. uh, knowledge sharing. The yeah. granularity of data and the data findings that you're sharing will depend on the particular uh, role you are talking to. Uh, as a strategic thinker, they are more interested in high-level summaries. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. when you're working with a more of a tactical or operational analyst, they, they want to know the findings right now. They want to know everything that mm -hmm. is happening, but in an easier way. Um, I don't want to be looking at these uh, multiple Excel files to figure out what is happening. Can you give me a good representation of that? Right, whereas right. as a strategic thinker, they are looking at it and saying that, give me a summary number where based on which I can say if it meets my threshold or not so right. there's a very um, big difference in uh, even the numbers you're going to show to the different roles uh, and mm -hmm. what aligns with their uh, prime needs and their decision making capabilities right right that's very true that's very true you know that's all good stuff so um so throughout that process when you when you're going through the process is that something that you see one data scientist probably can handle everything or do you think that it, it probably needs maybe uh, a data engineer here maybe you need a, a actual data scientist over here you need somebody that can do visualization at this point or i mean it seems like i always talk about how there's there's multiple aspects to becoming a data scientist right you can uh i can i can be a data scientist if i'm a if I am a mathematician right, or a statistician or something like that, I can be a data scientist. Or if I am a programmer, I can also be called a data scientist because I play a certain role. Um, yeah. uh, do you do you see in a customer engagement? Do you see it being multiple data scientists trying to be a part of that, or do you see it actually being one that can handle it all? Uh, that's a very good question, and I think. Uh, um, it depends on the complexity of the project. Um, mm -hmm. So if it's a, if, if you're just starting off on your data science effort and uh, you're trying to determine if, uh, um, if you want to go and have a more uh, uh, in-depth and more uh, like that is uh, going to be your way of working, which it should yeah. be considering that we have shown like how data science has helped and uh, multiple different objectives of an of different types of organizations. Um, mm -hmm. So in that case, uh, when you're starting off, maybe having one data scientist is good enough. But as mm -hmm. the operation grows and uh, uh, for the smooth working of the organization and for uh, um, a good pipeline, you need these different roles. You need a data engineer who is an expert in being able to work with these different data source platforms, being able to do a very uh, uh, optimized performing uh, data ingestion process. And mm -hmm. a data scientist is someone who is more of, as I was saying, like data science is an artist, the artist who is taking all these data sets that you are making, that a data engineer is making available and mm -hmm. figuring out all these different questions on this data right. um, data that is available uh, working with the domain experts the business owners and figuring out what 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 is the why why are you doing this and then you have your machine learning engineers who are taking these different types of solutions and making that again more performant tying right. it together to the organization's existing IT framework uh, and 
making that a part of a cohesive process. And so that it doesn't seem like a machine learning is something which is happening uh, on the side, which is not at all related right, to right. organization. So <laughs> yeah, they will be able to do that time together. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. You could have a data scientist who could be able to do all of them, uh, but I think in data science uh, field we call them the unicorns. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I am not going to be a unicorn. Just letting you all know out there, uh, if you bring me into a customer engagement, I am going to bring people with me. I might bring Dr. Yeah. P with me. I don't know, you know. But <laughs> so you may, so as a data scientist or any of these roles, you should be willing to uh, try out these different things, but mm -hmm. they. Uh, just but always have what you are primarily and uh, be able to help the organization understand that uh, there are these specific roles which will help me do my job better so if you are a right. data engineer help help your organization understand that i may be able to do some data science but i'm not a data scientist and right, as a data right. scientist you should be able to say that that I, i'm a data scientist but i'm not your uh, data engineer in the long term I'm oh, helping right, you right. Because there's a difference. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is, you know. So, I mean, so, I mean, since since there's such a, uh, uh, it can be an extensive process, you know, uh, how important do you see things like critical thinking or, um, I, I talked about, you can be a data engineer. I mean, you can be a data scientist if you are a programmer. Uh, you can be a data scientist if you're a mathematician or whatever it is, or right? a statistician, uh, however you want to uh, call it, uh, the title. But, um, how important do you see things like uh, critical thinking uh, within it or uh, coding, right? Being a programmer or even math, you know, um, being being in that field. Do you see that as being something really important? Yes, definitely, definitely. And, and as a data scientist, it is a kind of a multi-domain uh, uh, type of role where mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I've, as we have spoken in the last one hour itself, like how you have to be willing to work with the domain experts and try and the business owners and get an understanding of their uh, uh, whys or the reasons why they are doing stuff mm -hmm. and being able to assimilate that as part of your uh, solution or the technical architecture that you're trying to come up as part of the data problem. Um, so it's, Definitely a very critical component. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely the willingness to, um, uh, and further, and like uh, math skill particularly is very important. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, hate math. Not... I hate math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll come to it. Like why I think math is an important skill there is just because mm -hmm. when you're come using these different, uh, specifically in the machine learning space, when you're using these different uh, algorithms and the um, the frameworks which are which have been tuned uh, for let's say you have a problem space in uh, object detection and you're mm -hmm. using a, a deep learning model which has been proven to work and you're taking it and using it uh, right it will work but then uh, one day it starts breaking and if you don't understand the model and uh, which will require some amount of math skills then mm. You are like, uh, okay, I was using this black box and I have no clue why it worked at that point. Now it doesn't work. Um, right. So th th there is a certain need for it. So even if you are not a mass person, at least work with somebody who is a mass person yeah. to understand why that model worked and uh, wh why Great it started point. failing now. So it, that's the explainable AI field, which is trying to get more um, clarity mm -hmm. into that, having a well-defined process um, or when you're using when you're formulating these models for the specific machine learning problem that you're working on pick models which are easy enough to explain to understand um, 
the different rules based on which it started working for you uh, in right. your specific problem. All right. So do you see, um, so we, I know that critical thinking is, is a big aspect, like we talked about, and it really helps you do things like look at it from different perspectives and different views, you know, being able to do things uh, we talked about earlier before we started live, like objectively, right? You know, you have to make sure you don't get feelings involved, anything that, you know, you don't want it to be influenced by your feelings or any biased opinion, yeah. you know, so it's very important, but critical thinking is a valuable skill in any profession. Uh, uh, data science specifically um, um, because it's adding uh, things like finding insights and, and, and doing a little bit deeper analysis on it. So I think that is uh, really critical. Um, do you see coding as being a necessity uh, for a data scientists? Uh, and same thing with math. Do you see those things as being necessities or just add-ons? Uh, it So um, there has been a good number of um, software solutions these days we try to go down the path of low code they call them the low code oh no code low code or no low, code low code oh, okay. l o w okay okay, okay. so uh -huh. what they're trying to do is they're trying to abstract out um, a lot of the coding common coding uh, requirements um, for example it could be something like saying that uh, um, for example, you're trying to handle some of the missing data in your data set. So they would mm -hmm. come up with a certain operator which has all these different machine value imputation algorithms already implemented in there. And you are just going to go ahead and use that operator and pick the specific um, algorithm that helps you in that purpose. So they're right. trying to do that type of abstraction and provide more of a um, user interface uh, approach to the coding. Uh, that is, you are not writing the code. You are trying to do more of a flow-based programming. You're saying that, mm -hmm. hey, this is where I'm ingesting the data, and the next step is I'm doing this missing value imputation. So that right. takes away some of the coding challenges. Um, but then I won't say that we can totally go away from coding. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be minimal. Uh, reduced uh, in the longer term as these common scenarios are identified and um, these type of standard operators are made available in the products. Um, of course, object-oriented programming has been a great uh, um, impetus for the, these type of things as well, where you have a mm -hmm. lot more libraries available for you now, addressing most of the needs, and you have to be able to have an API to that and uh, right. be able to use yeah. it. And a lot of small businesses, right, that, uh, um, I mean, this is good, right, because every, everybody, um, I don't, I personally am starting to see, uh, I used to think coding was something that was a necessity. I need to be this developer, you know, Java, Python, whatever it was, our programming, you know, I started getting to that, and I realized it was an add-on, right, something something that was a, a great feature to add-on because you have things like uh, you deal a lot with Pentaho. Right. Uh, yes. So you have Pentaho as, as something that is important um, in, in, in the industry. And and it does a lot of the, some of those things for you. Right. Being able to do some of the mining, uh, being able to do some of the visualization portion of things, you know. Yes. And so when you look at um, and at these different products that are out there, they're starting to remove that aspect where you need to be a hardcore mathematician. You need to be yes. a hardcore coder. Um, and I think that's important to not notify uh, a lot of businesses out there because some of them are saying, well, that I do have data. They recognize it. You know, do I need 
do I need a data scientist to to be there beside me in order to really figure out how to uh, turn this into something viable? And it seems like the answer is uh, uh, it would bring added value to it, but yes. it's not a necessity, right? Exactly. Because you have tools out there. Right. right. And, and the way I would look at it is like, say you have a uh, plumbing issue in your house. Uh, mm -hmm. I may take a stab at it. Um, I don't know what what will happen after that. Don't ask me. Right. <laughs> uh, but if I have a plumber beside me, it's going to be a much more smoother process. Oh, so right, right. It that way. <laughs> right, right, right. That's <laughs> a great. Sure the people who are going to try their data science problem will be better at solving their problem than me being trying to take care of the plumbing issues in the house. <laughs> Right, sure. right, right, right. So, so, um, so, just to to dive deeper into your journey, um, tell us a little bit about. I think everybody probably is dying to hear, you know, some of the new data scientists out there, some of the people that um, want to be data scientists or 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 data scientists right now. Um, what is something interesting? What is one of your most interesting projects uh, that you worked on uh, related to the field? Sure. So there's this. Um... Okay, I'll steer away from my PhD topic, but uh -huh. <laughs> uh, that's always like, and I'm sure that's you go to, right? <laughs> always the go to. That's the favorite thing, always. <laughs> uh, so let me just briefly mention that, but I, I'll talk about something else as my most favorite project. Um, mm -hmm. So the, my PhD was in uh, applying machine learning to estimate um, redshifts of galaxies. So that was mm -hmm. very, very interesting because it was the first time I was working in a problem from the astrophysics. I've always loved watching the images and all these cool outer world uh, galaxies and all the different outer world objects. And so it was yeah. like more of a, uh, I didn't get to work with those images though. I got to work with the um, the numbers which come out mm -hmm. of those images. Um, so I always get that question: Did you really work with those images? No, I didn't. But I <laughs> brought it down and started. Made, I like a data scientist. I brought it down to numbers and I started working mm -hmm. with them. So that was uh, very my favorite. Always, it will remain my favorite for obvious reasons. Um, there was one project I had done where we were looking at uh, uh, waste uh, uh, data. Um, that is on the chemical waste and um, oh, some of the waste data. That's uh, chemical. You say uh, chemical waste. Chemical okay. waste uh, and uh, how they are distributed across the country and uh, mm. look at that data. Understanding uh, again, this required a little bit of understanding on the chemical aspects of those waste and mm -hmm. then how. How to navigate that data to be able to come up with summaries on waste management. Uh, mm -hmm. And then working with the stakeholders because they were all chemists, they were all uh, decision makers. But tying right, right. the whole infographics, visualization, and into the waste data, and uh, having that uh, ongoing discussion, it was an iterative process, uh, which was again the cool part, and uh, which is always the case. Actually, we haven't talked much about the whole continuous iterative process around uh, mm -hmm. any data science project. So that was one right. of my first exposure to that whole iterative process, and. Um, it was one of my very first uh, project where I was working with a government agency and the um, and the government workers. And uh, I think the very first time I showed them some visualization, the way they all reacted to it, I'll never mm -hmm. forget that. And I think that always inspires me because mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yes, so it, this works. That's that yeah. was my first yeah. realization that if I do a visualization, I show to people, and if it's it's not lying, then people will mm -hmm. be amazed by it. And so that was my uh, most favorite. Right. Uh, and 
Yeah, that's a very cool project right there. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, what, 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 what about, um, so something that I, I just thought about, right? So we worked together uh, before and we, we still work together, but you did something really cool that I'm sure that uh, the audience who, they're, they're not really data scientists, right? So there's some audience out there, some of our, uh, our audience out there that, that wanna know about this, this project, right? And uh, I'm not saying that this is the this is this is golden that 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 your results are are the answer or or, uh, or are it I guess that um, but but the the groundhog project right the groundhog oh. one. <laughs> so the question is right based off of your your analysis do you think that that groundhogs always come out well well oh, we'll talk about the groundhog project really. Uh, just a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that is some uh, fun we were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right around Groundhog Day, and we were all talking about oh, and winter was bad, so we were all like, is winter going to last or not? And I think the Groundhog prediction was that winter won't be long. And me being a data scientist, I, I was trying to be the party pooper there. I was like, no, Groundhogs yeah. are not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the prediction rate is so low and all that. that yeah. They were like, uh, okay, give us something, uh, show us something. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll get the data and I'll show it to you. And, right, right. Uh, and one of our marketing analysts, Peyton, God bless him, he was like, yeah, this is cool. Let's put it out there. And mm-hmm. so we worked together and made a blog post out of it. It's still out there on our Hitachi Mantra Federal website if you want to yeah. take a look at it. So apparently the groundhogs have been more wrong so whatever they have been saying it's it's more prevalent that the opposite has happened so my thing was like why don't they just change the rules so uh, Mm. i believe when it sees the shadow is when the winter is longer um, Mm. uh, they can change the rule and it becomes a better predictor in that case (laughs) see yeah i mean for all you out for everybody out there who who looks at the groundhog when it comes out and you believe one thing you're wrong okay it's wrong dr p already solved that problem for you you know <laughs> and the philadelphia people don't hate me please <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but uh but yeah so um so uh i know we're coming close to the end i know we've probably gone well over uh um uh, the time that i usually go but this has been such an interesting uh, uh, conversation. I do want to uh, sort of end it or get close to ending it uh, with uh, talking really about your thoughts on the future of data science, all right, and and the future of artificial intelligence and and what your thoughts are. You know, will they take over? Will they replace jobs? Will we ever become fully machine? You know, and this is this is a serious topic because a lot of people that are out there they continue to believe. Man, I, I don't want to work with the machine. I'm going to fight against it, uh, which I'm telling y'all right now, there's no need to fight it. Try to figure out a way to work with it um, because it is coming uh, full force, you know, over the over the span of uh, uh, well, over over many years. You know, it's, it's, you've already seen it. It's already starting to come into play in our daily lives. Uh, but, you know, I want to know your thoughts. Right. I mean, we look at I, I pulled up some statistics. Let me find it. Um, so it said that. Uh, there are 2.5 quintillion right, bytes of data created each day uh, at our current pace. And you have things like 500 million tweets are sent a day, 294 billion emails, uh, four petabytes uh, of, of data created on Facebook. So all y'all out there, y'all just creating data, pictures, whatever it is, videos and stuff. Right now I'm streaming. That's creating data right now on Facebook. 
uh, uh, 65 billion messages on WhatsApp, you know, traveling out the country using WhatsApp. People are using it now more than ever, even when they don't travel out the country. And uh, 5 billion searches are made. So they're saying uh, if when they did the calculation, they said by 2025, it is predicted that 463 exabytes of data will be created each day globally. Mm-hmm. That's equivalent to uh, for all the people out there that are not that technically savvy. That's equivalent to 212,765,957 DVDs per day. So that's a lot of data, right? And then they say, uh, so I guess the question would be realistically, uh, can data scientists keep up with that? And can somebody like you and me, you know, like us, can we really even keep up with that and 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 look at a, a spreadsheet and even analyze it? So uh, not only are... I guess our, my question would be, you know, is is that going to really replace jobs? You know, even our jobs, right? As data scientists, you know, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you never know where, uh, what's next. Like this field has been evolving so quickly. Um, and technologies have been coming up, which are making it faster and faster to assimilate the amount of data compared to mm-hmm. what we could do in the past. Uh, cloud computing is one of the main reasons also, which has been an impetus in mm-hmm. getting us m- more efficient in handling the amount of data uh, right, right. that we can handle. I think I lost her. Hold on, y'all. Let's see. Might have lost her. Let me see if I can bring her back in. Can you all hear me still? Say something in the chat if you can. Let's see. Give her a call. See if I can bring her back in. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Dr. P. I think I lost you. Hey. Yeah, my system got disconnected for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Join back in. Join back in. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. Low malfunction. What's up, GSA? Hey, April Stewart. Rock. Coach Rock. Coach Rock was listening in. Um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in, man. Hopefully this has been insightful to you all. Um, we're going to end it soon. Probably got about another 10 more minutes. But, uh, you know, Dr. P was really dropping some gems out there about data science and the journey. I know, uh, G-Say, you, you contacted me and you said, hey, you was interested in that, you know. So, you know, here it is, man, the journey and stuff. Uh, Dr. P, we lost you. You was, so you, was you was sharing so much knowledge that the that the that the entire facebook and and youtube everything blew up on you you know you was just dropping too much knowledge over there you know so can Um, can we hear you oh i see you right now yeah okay Okay. yeah you got frozen first sorry about that um something happened my system just decided to reboot um my apologies um yeah so (laughs) if you want me to continue on that train of thought if i can no no definitely uh you know I, i probably um yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I mean, I know that was that was something that a lot of uh, uh, the audience wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts on 
you know, will data science, uh, will artificial intelligence take over? You know, I had somebody say uh, that they, that, that data science is, is where it's at, you know, that's where it's at. But even for me, I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm saying, well, hey, is data science going to be replaced by artificial intelligence, uh, data scientists? I don't know, right? You know, so, uh, so yeah, tell me your thoughts on it. Sure. So, um, yeah, so as I was saying, like cloud computing is where it has made it much more easier to handle with large volumes of data. So, and that those things are getting better and better. There'll be a lot more, um, more advanced uh, or more uh, performant algorithms and techniques which will enable us being able to work with more uh, volumes of data, more uh, smarter ways of working with this data. I think uh, that is that is the next step. Um, mm -hmm. Like right now, as as we can see, like earlier on, everybody used to download the data onto their desktop to be able to work on it. The volume of data today does not um, no longer supports that type of data working. Right. Um, you have to take your computation to where the data is located rather than get your data down to where mm -hmm. you are working. Uh, similar techniques and uh, smarter ways of working need to evolve and uh, one uh, field which uh, which will likely change everything that we are doing right now is quantum computing. Um, okay. There's a lot of work going on on that front. It's a totally different way of computation. Um, and there are some of these uh, problems of uh, machine learning and data science, which we have not been able to tackle today, which will become much more easier in quantum computing uh, based right. approaches. So that's one field I think think um, or, uh, I think I think that's kind of no longer debatable which will make uh, us much more efficient in working with large volumes of data um, right. so that's something to watch out for um, then there's something right now blockchain so the blockchain oh, ways yeah, blockchain. of working so mm -hmm. these two are the fields that I'm always tracking and following and trying to uh, stay abreast on and I would recommend right. everybody to do that because uh, right. blockchain uh, I think uh, Blockchain has everybody thinks of it as only Bitcoin, but there's so much more mm. which can be done with blockchain. And uh, uh, there's, there's a lot yeah, of blockchain itself can probably be uh, a, 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 a podcast in its own. You know, that's a whole exactly. hour worth of conversation um, <laughs> exactly. for sure. You know, um, I, I do see uh, for for a lot of people out there that are not in data science. A lot of people that are really just, um, you know, just working at whether you're working at a restaurant, whether you're working at, um, uh, shoot, whether you're just driving, right? You know, the replacement of AI, you know, don't, I don't, I don't want people to be scared, scared of the machine, right? I think that is really yes. trying to find roles uh, that are behind the machine now, right? Exactly. Honestly, putting the machine in place, right? You got autonomous vehicles, whatever it is, is really yes. re removing the human error factor. Exactly. A lot of things, right? I mean, imagine you fall asleep, falling asleep, sorry, behind the wheel, right? You don't yeah. have to worry about that anymore. You know, oh. you can travel now from from uh, east coast to west coast uh, without really being tired because the machine doesn't get tired, right? Exactly. Uh, so uh, those things are important, and I, I think I think a lot of people need to embrace it because um, yeah. because and, it's really we are so far away from having those type of some general artificial intelligence that they will take over us. I think that's that's 
that's not the reality today as we all know mm-hmm. like these algorithms are so specific to specific problems that uh, right. no, they will not take over humanity at the moment so right um, right right they they they're going to yeah. help us only make certain things don't believe the movies don't believe yes. the movies you see out there you know so yeah. but yeah but yeah you know thank you for being on you know and i i i um i think we're hitting about an hour now you know i appreciate everybody on the audience uh jumping in you know but uh towards the end i like to really drop um uh, what i call a dope da- uh, a dope dapper data gem um or or nugget you know but before i do that is there any um any advice that you would give to to the audience people who are new beginners to data science people who may be interested in it or uh people who just uh who've been in the industry for a while you know to keep pushing any advice you want to sure. give there yeah i mean i think the community is really good really helpful so mm-hmm. definitely reach out to the community um there's a huge tech community in twitter who is always helping out there are lots of um online events which happen weekly events which happen weekly uh, visualization challenges or monthly data challenges machine learning challenges so mm-hmm. um tying together to the whole hands on a uh, perspective of data science those are good ways in which you can build up your portfolio if you're particularly a new person and if you're right. a senior person help out the junior p- people and uh, uh, like myself help me out <laughs> you you help out the other people as well. <laughs> and this is a great avenue that you have going on right now bobby i'm, mm-hmm. I'm really curious nah, to you um, yeah thank you oh yeah 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 and and so you know what i like to leave with uh what i would like to leave um as a lesson learned along the way today is is uh not just learn today but over time is that you must be obsessed with uh learning right you must be obsessed with uh growth in this field if you want to be a data scientist or you want to delve into this field then then you need to love to learn you know books audio video uh classroom whatever it is i mean like like dr p said uh being able to um understand that you're not on the island by yourself and there's so many resources that are out there is key so you know uh kudos to you dr p for helping a lot of people out always uh being a thought leader and innovator in the industry um and you know data is important right data is a, is probably the 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 most important thing for any company any business out there now and I always talk about how you need to turn it into something as viable um for Uh, your business uh take action on it um and being able to make better investments and i think most importantly a lot of times we make decisions in our environment but it's good the data is there to support your decision that you're making and and so i think that's very viable so um again thank you dr p um it's been a pleasure i look forward to continue working with you um and as always uh out there my uh my dapper data audience um you can reach me out uh any other social media platforms on mr dapper data that's at uh m r d a p p e r uh d a t a mr dapper data so I'm on all the social media platforms twitter facebook instagram um and my youtube link is inside of my bio um my website is coming out soon um and 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 Dr. P how can they reach you if they if they have any questions on data science Sure I'm similarly available on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn so please feel free to reach out to me on either of those platforms and uh, I'll leave a comment on the once this is available on YouTube I'll leave a comment in there with my uh, specifics 
Okay, great, great. Look forward to but, chat with everyone. Thank you for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you all. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in to the Data is My Science podcast, uh, the show that makes data your passion. Hopefully this has really uh, inspired a lot of people who want to be data scientists um, and also uh, inspired a lot of people to continue to uh, that journey, right? Um, so thank you all. Talk to you all later. Thank you. Bye-bye.